Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey guys, it's Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you doing out there? Such a good week here. Such a hard week. You know, sometimes you got to say the hard thing. And this is one of those weeks. Honestly, all of this stuff that we've talked about has really challenged me. I know uh, what we talked about yesterday about um, deciding to change, you know, that that I, I love the word of God. The word of God is profitable for correction. It definitely does that. Yesterday, the show I know was challenging to hear today. uh, It's also going to be equally as challenging. We're back. We're back with our buddies, the 12 spies again out of numbers. We're going to talk a little bit differently about a little bit different approach to this passage of scripture in my entire journey of faith. Since I truly and I do, do mean truly committed my life to Christ and made a decision that no matter what, I was going to, first of all, accept his forgiveness and his sacrifice on the cross for my sin, but also cultivate a relationship with him. You know, when we become believers and when we ask to be forgiven from our sins, the great benefit of being a believer is um, having a relationship with our Savior, a relationship that should be cultivated, a relationship that should be grown Um, And something that I encourage with a lot. But the great bait of Satan is to get us humans to believe that walking by sight is smarter than walking by faith. You know, we had Michael Kelly on the show on Monday and he really he wrote a book, Growing Down, which I loved. And he talks about this very thing of how sometimes we can get so heady, so full of head knowledge that it really obstructs our faith eyes because we are so in tune by what we know. And I want to just encourage you today to be aware that there is a very real enemy that is trying to tempt you to walk by sight and not by faith. And if he can do that, if he can get you to bite on that bait, telling you, using things like it's smarter to, you're too smart for faith. You know too much about the situation. Using um, justifications like it's practical to do this. I learned this in school, so I know that faith doesn't uh, shouldn't be calculated in my my uh, my decision for which way to go in this situation. If he can get us to believe that we are smarter than Almighty God, he has incarcerated every bit of potential in our lives because we are relying on ourselves rather than an all-powerful God to guide us and to lead us, okay? Now, let me say this 
I love education. I think it's great. Um, you know, we are, my kids are in good schools. Um, we love that. Um, but, and I'm not talking about education. I think people, people put too much value on education and too little value on their Christian walk. And I know you're going to email me about that, but that's just what I believe. Um, we need to understand that while education is a great tool, it doesn't need to be, um, our justification for not obeying something that might not agree with our earthly education. Okay. And you can email me if you want, but that's what I've, I know to be true. I don't want you to grab this bait that walking by sight is smarter than walking by faith. We're going, um, we're going back to numbers 14, numbers 14. Okay. Um, we're still, the, those 12 spies, they didn't change. They're, they're still rebelling. I'm going to give you a very practical picture of what it looks like to walk by sight and not by faith. And it's found right here in the story. I told you all about it yesterday. You probably know about it from growing up in your church. If you did grow up in church, if you did not grow up in church, this will be educational for you. Um, but 12 spies were sent into the land of Canaan to spy out the land so the Israelites could make a plan on how they would, they would enter the promised land. Okay. They were not sent into the land to discourage Israel from going out and assuming all that God had for them. However, they chose to discourage them, even though that was not their purpose. Their purpose was not to determine whether Israel should go into the land or not, their purpose was to spy out the land, but they took it as humans upon themselves and decided to discourage the people rather than actually fulfilling their commitment. Okay. All they needed to do, all the real whole reason why Moses sent them in was to find out if the land was fat or lean. If there was, um, uh, if the cities were fortified or not, their, 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 their objective was not, to, to decide whether or not they should go out. I think that's important to note. So they go into the land and um, of course, 10 of them come back. If you, if I'm, I don't want to relive the whole story because I did it yesterday, 10 of them come back and they give a, a terrible report. And I told you yesterday that these 10 spies discourage hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of them. Okay. They died via plague before the Lord. It's interesting that I, and I, I talked about this yesterday, you know, that doesn't preach well, died by plague via the Lord. Um, but in their disobedience, there was a consequence to them deciding to discourage God's chosen people. I think this is something leaders that we can be very aware of, very cautious of, um, as we are leading our people, leading our churches, leading our ministries, leading our jobs, managing Taco Bueno, whatever it is that you do in leadership, moms and dads, it's very important um, as you are leading that you, you um, listen to what God says and you operate based on that, not based on um, what you think or you feel, okay? Um, because these leaders led hundreds of thousands of people astray. And there was a consequence to their bad leadership and to their bad report. They did pay um, via their lives for their bad leadership and bad report, but there were two, but there were two. 
but there were two. We're going to focus on the two today. The 10 go in. They say they can't do it. The two, Joshua and Caleb, of course, stand up, and they're like, no, 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 we can go into the land. I want to start in verse 14, verse 9 today. Uh, Chapter Numbers 14, verse 9 today. Caleb stands up, and he says this, only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of this land, for they will be our prey. And this is how, where I want to focus in on for the next couple of minutes. Their protection, these giants' protection, has been removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Okay? So he says, you know, don't fear, blah, blah, blah. They're going to be our prey. He truly has faith. He's decided that he's had faith. But this line has, has challenged my, myself. Their protection has been removed from them. Their protection has been removed from them. Their protection has been removed from them. Now, all these 12 spies going into the land, they all saw the same thing. They all saw with their human eyes the very same thing. What they could not see with their human eyes was the supernatural dismantling of the protection of the Lord. Which is why God says, walk by faith and not by sight. If I'm asking you to do something, I have removed a layer of strength to that of strength from that opposition that is going to allow you to go in and claim victory in this particular area. But we don't see that with our eyes. We don't see that. We, 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 we can't see this, what, what God does in the heavenlies and in the supernatural realm, which is why he's simply says obey their protection has been removed from them now if the 12 spies went into the land and they saw that there was literally a veil of protection that that had physically been removed more than likely they would have said oh sure we need to go in we saw the veil fall we saw it fall but that's not the life of faith that God is asking us to do he's asking us to believe. If the nation of Israel would have gone in at that point and they would have gone up and taken the land, they would have completely devoured the inhabitants, which is what they did 40 years later. But due to their response, there was a delay. Now, this is the next verse in that that passage of scripture. 14 verse 9. Verse 10 says this, but all the congregation, uh, Caleb even said, their protection is being removed. The next verse says this, but Uh, All the congregation, hundreds of thousands of people said, stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of the meeting to all the sons of Israel. It's so interesting. God was sitting there and he had um, his eyes focused, fixed on this situation. He was calculating it. He saw the bad reports given. He knew that he had removed the protection from these uh, 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 giants that were in the land. And the next verse says, when when uh, the, the, the entire congregation is the verbiage here, stood up, rose up to come up 
up against Joshua and Caleb who were standing there in in um, in total righteousness saying, yes, we should walk up by faith. They didn't see that God was watching because it was supernatural. But immediately he interjected something they could not see to protect Joshua and Caleb because they were pronouncing something um, um, that was true, even though they couldn't see it. God operates not based on your education or tradition or your religious rules. God operates so much higher. His ways are higher. His ways are higher. His ways are greater than ours. And he asks you to trust. And when he asks you to trust, it's not reckless. It shouldn't be a place of insecurity. But when he asks you to trust and he asks you to step out, you must by faith believe that there is a veil of protection that has been removed or there is a passageway or there is something supernatural that God is going to do to let you through. Now, I want to get to this in the time I have left. So this is what happened. So um, the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent meeting to all the sons of Israel. And this is what the Lord said. How long will this people spurn me? Oh, my goodness. Basically, autumn paraphrase. They're getting on my nerves. How long will this people not believe in me? Despite all the signs which I've, I've uh, uh, performed in their midst, I will smite them. Oh, God gets so mad with pestilence and dispossess them. And I will make you into a great, greater nation, mightier than they. This is why I love Moses so much. God told him, listen, let me, let me kill everybody. Let me kill everybody. Let's just do it. I'll, I'll just kill everybody. And then Moses, I will make you greater greater and Moses in his humility in his humility he could have said yes God okay let's do it in his humility he has a calm a very raw conversation with God the likes of uh, that just kind of blow your mind it's so beautiful how how God is is vowing on his behalf to make him greater and mightier and we know that God is good and he is righteous and he is frustrated and Moses intercedes for the people for these these wretched wicked people that that have come up against the Lord. He says, listen, Lord, this is just such an, an interesting exchange. I, I, I invite you to study this exchange. But he says, listen, you are compassionate. You are good. And we find Moses reminding almighty God of, of, of his goodness and how awesome he is. And it would have been right if God wanted to do it to smite everyone and raise Moses up. But we see Moses sort of interceding as a mouthpiece for these people. And God says, okay, I'm going to, okay, okay, okay. Well, all the adults won't go into the land, but their offspring will go into the land in 40 years. And that's exactly what happens. But in verse 39, I think this is so interesting. When Moses spoke these words, when Moses spoke of, spoke of the consequences, basically saying the adults are not going to go in after Moses had sort of interceded and God had listened and they, they had this very complex yet beautiful exchange, which shows the intimacy of Moses and, 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 and the Lord. Um, Moses spoke what God had said to all the sons of Israel and the people mourned greatly. Second time they didn't obey. I think this is so interesting and it doesn't preach well. In the morning, however, 
they rose up early and went to the ridge of the hill country saying, here we are. We have indeed sinned. They're all of a sudden have a total change of heart. Okay. But we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised. But Moses said, why then are you transgressing the commandment of the Lord when it will not succeed? Here's the thing that happened. They didn't go up the first time. They were frustrated. We see this beautiful exchange. Moses could have taken God up on his deal. It would have been totally righteous and right, but he decided to, 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 to intervene for the people. God gave consequences and he said, they're not, now they're not going to go up. Now they're, they're, they, they can't go into the land. Now I don't want them to. And even though they were delivered such harsh consequences, they still didn't believe the word of the Lord. Right above, they had seen the 10 other spies die via plague right before the Lord. And they still are deciding, you know what? We're going to believe what the Lord said at first now because we don't want to pay the penalty of, 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 um, of dying in the wilderness and not being able to see it. So they decide to go up. Moses says, don't go up. You'll be struck down before your enemies for the Lord is not among you. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites will be there in front of you and you will fall by the sword inasmuch as you have turned back from following the Lord and the Lord will not be with you. But they went up heedlessly to the ridge of the hill country. Neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses left the camp. Isn't that interesting? Hey, listen, if God don't go, don't you go. Don't you go. The Ark of the Covenant did not go, nor did Moses. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the hill country came down and struck them and beat them down as far as Hormon. Now, now, now this is the point that I want to um, I want to bring home in the couple of minutes that we have left. We see Caleb saying. The protection has been removed. We can definitely go up. When they decided to stone them rather than to listen to the two, there was a consequence of 40 years and a lot of people died and it was awful. They didn't listen the second time when God said, okay, you can go, but we're going to wait 40 years. They decided to go up anyway against the charge of the Lord, against the directive of the Lord. And what they found is that the protection had been put back on the giants. And it remained there for 40 years until Joshua led the battle of Jericho. They could not see that the protection had been put back on the giants. They couldn't see it with their eyes. So they decided to go in anyway, and they were consumed. The great bait of Satan is to tell you that walking by sight is smarter. It's more intelligent. It's going to get you farther. It's going to make you more money. It's going to make you more successful. It's going to have people like you. It's going to have all of these benefits wrapped around to it because he knows that if he can get you to walk by faith, you will uh, uh, go further than Satan and his and his temptations can ever take you. You're going to go greater. You're going to go higher. You're going to experience exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. And he does not 
want that for you. What he wants is to hinder you, is to stifle you, is to keep you in bondage. And I want you to be aware that just because you can't see with your eyes, God is operating an almighty, oh goodness, what's the word I want to use here? An almighty uh, plan that is so intricate, that is so calculated for your life. And every time you have an ask of the Lord, there is a supernatural pass that God allows for you to obey and uh, claim victory in whatever it is that you are walking to. Don't take the bait. Don't be smarter. Think you're smarter than God. Don't let your intellect um, incarcerate you. Don't listen. Because I, I would hate for you to live with the promised land right before you. With clear victory that God has given you. And you stand at the edge of it. And you don't listen. I would hate for you. To take on something that God has told you clearly not to take on. And be devoured. Because you don't see that the protection has been put back. On the enemy. I would hate for that to be the definition of your life. That's why it's so incredibly important to listen to listen to the Lord, to listen to what he says, to listen to how he says it, to do, to, 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 to get in his word, to not rely on yourself, to bathe your mind with the life giving clear direction that will come via the word of God. I love you guys so much. And you know, we're, we're bold truth and we're raw faith here. You know, bold truth. I, I, I don't, I love truth. Truth set me free. I love truth. And, you know, I tell my team all the time, one of the things I actually teach when I go, um, when I go speak at colleges or speak at, you know, leadership, whatever, is be the one to say the hard thing. Be the one to say it because someone needs to hear it. And I think sometimes we're a little bit scared to say the hard thing. But I'm telling you what, it was the conviction of the Lord. It was, it was the conviction, the sweet, beautiful conviction and kindness of the Lord that led to my repentance. It was the truth of the word of God that led to my repentance. It wasn't someone sugarcoating something for me. It was something, it it was, it was God's grace sandwiched with his truth saying, listen, I have more for you. I have more for you. You have to trust me and you have to believe bold truth. I love you guys so much, which is why I bring you um, these types of messages. And I want you to continue um, growing in your faith as I am. We're all in this together, right? We're all in this together. Um, love you guys so much. We, uh, I, I'm just going to pray for you guys. I think we have just a little bit of time left. I'm just going to pray just to steal these, these past couple of days. I know I said some hard things, but y'all can handle it. You're tough. Lord, we just love you so much. I praise you for truth. I praise you for the concrete, beautiful, redemptive, powerful truth of your word that feeds us, that nourishes us, that guides us, that forgives us, that supports us.
I thank you, Lord, for the gift, the word of God, Lord, that we here in this country can get so freely. We get it so freely unless we, and yet we tend to disrespect the fact that we have a copy of God's word close by. Lord, I, I, I thank you. I thank you for it. Lord, I pray for those that have taken the great bait of Satan and have decided that walking by sight is smarter than walking by faith. Lord, I pray gently, lovingly that you would lead them, that you would guide them. I pray that they would know that right now that they can stop that and they can start walking by faith. They can assume everything that you have for them. It's never too late, no matter how old we are. It's never too late to assume what you have set aside for us as believers. Lord, I don't want what they have. I don't want their calling. But I do want every single ounce, every single molecule, every single atom, Lord, of what you have set aside for me. I don't want what they have. I don't want what you've set aside for them. But I want everything that you have for me. So, Lord, I pray as we are all in this faith race, Lord, that this passage of Scripture would encourage us so deeply that we would ask for forgiveness, turn and change if need to, or just be simply comforted by the fact that we are walking by faith. And it's hard. But you meet us there with your faithfulness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I love you guys. Pray for you guys so much. And I will see you tomorrow right back here on The Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for The Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.